With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Flashes it away through the covers for four, and England have won the match. Hello, welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. This podcast is brought to you by IG Trading and Investments. Simon Hughes in Delhi and Simon Mann in Lucknow, and I have just witnessed one of the great World Cup upsets. Afghanistan beating England by 69 runs in Delhi. A very lame performance by England. A brilliant performance by Afghanistan, joining the list of great World Cup upsets of the last 20 years or so. It must be regarded as the greatest day in Afghanistan cricket history. We'll deconstruct that match and also later in the show we'll hear from Shane Watson who's been part of the World Cup TV commentary team and has interesting things to say about both England and Australia of course. Simon you are watching it from afar and I think you thought England were losing it probably halfway through the game, were you? Did you think, actually, that Afghanistan had got too many for them? Well, I got off the plane at Lucknow and I saw the score and I I saw what England's spinners were doing. So I hadn't seen any of the action. I thought, aye, aye, England's spinners had a real effect. So the the previous two matches at Delhi, the spinners hadn't really had any effect. The batters had dominated the game. I thought England's spinners in the game, Afghanistan have got some tasty spinners. And when us... Afghanistan put on 284 in their 50 overs or 49.5 overs. I thought England have to play well to win this. When Joe Root was out, I thought that was it. I, I messaged a few people saying, you know, England have to play out their skin to win from here. Two down early on. You could just see the game unfolding. So once Root was out, no surprise to me what Afghanistan have done today. 
and you're right, it goes alongside one of the great World Cup shocks. I've got a list of them here. We've got Kenya beating the West Indies in 1996 in Pune. I was there. I remember going down to Pune thinking, why am I going to this match? And then Kenya upset West Indies, who were a top side in the mid-90s. They actually got to the semi-finals that year. Zimbabwe beating Australia in 1983. I was in Bangalore in 2011 when Ireland uh, beat England. I think that's a bigger... This is not quite as big a shock as that. I thought that was a, that was a bigger shock that day. Bangladesh beating Pakistan in in 1999, but a fantastic day uh, for Afghanistan. Their second ever victory in the World Cup. 17th of March 2015, yours. Shapur Zadran hitting the winning runs in the final over, a one wicket win against Scotland. That was Afghanistan's only previous World Cup win in Dun- Dunedin. And I was there. <laughs> you, you, you've obviously jinxed England a couple of times because you were there for the <laughs> Bangalore game when Ireland beat them as well, which I saw too. And, well, it, it sort of does make you wonder, is this England side any good, actually? Uh, and I'm not sure they are. I think they're part of the mix in this World Cup, but they certainly don't look nearly as strong, obviously, as the team that are the holders and, and won the World Cup in 2019. It's hard to believe that they are the holders, actually, the way they've played in this tournament so far. Obviously, an excellent win in their second match, but two losses as well, which means they're actually only sixth in the table. They're not as low as I thought, but it's so odd to see both England and Australia struggling for points in this World Cup. But Afghanistan, I think you perhaps alluded to this in our conversation beforehand. You were very surprised that England decided to field first. And and actually, Mm. I was as well. I thought it was a beautiful day for batting. The pitch looked really good. I know there is this element of dew that teams worry about. And certainly when I was here last night at around 8 o'clock, there was a bit of dew. But it wasn't excessive. And they do spray the outfield with some kind of special chemical, which is supposed to nullify or at least reduce the amount of, of dew or the effect of it. So I thought all along, actually, this is a beautiful day, win the toss, bat, put 340 on the board and you know win the game, put the, put the opposition under pressure. England decided to go the other way. And I think sometimes that dew factor, it over-influences uh, teams' decisions at the toss. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, from a distance, I thought, why didn't England bat first? That was my other thought when I got off the plane. Why didn't they bat first? And, you know, the logic there is you rack up 350 without any pressure and then you squeeze the opposition. And also, as well, the other thing, yours with the new ball when you're bowling second, there's that period, isn't there, where the ball zips around a bit. And, that, and Afghanistan did get the ball to zip around and it, they caused England some problems. The ball went past the outside edge of David Milan's bat on numerous occasions. They got one to swing back into Johnny Bairstow. That was a marginal decision. So from a distance, I thought, it, you know, like they did against Bangladesh, bat first, rack up a big score and then squeeze the opposition and you know if you get 340 350 even 320 you know you take some doing doesn't it if you're a, a side like Afghanistan especially if you lose a couple of early wickets because the ball nips around a bit okay and then there's the due factor I accept that and that's why teams want to bat second but you know you're the you're the side that's got you know all, supposedly all this quality get the runs on the board and bat them out of the game and i think england england are a bit more effective at, at doing that anyway they've had a shocker of a day haven't they they really have and you know i think they're quite an ordinary side i mean they are missing five players that won the world cup in 2019 you know roy archer stokes plunkett morgan 
and that you know they, they, there's something unconvincing about them. I, I, and we, I think we said this before the tournament. And, you know, we said it after the New Zealand uh, defeat as well. That you know England are far and away from being certainties of the semi-finals. And you look at them now, and you think, well, goodness me, they're they're a long way away. Although, of course, other sides are, you know have been struggling as well. Yeah, uh, in, in fact, it's you know everyone in the mix, isn't it? Apart from India, uh, yet again, the Indian supremacy stands aloft. Uh, compared well, New Zealand to have done well, teams. haven't and they? New Zealand, I suppose, have and done South well. Africa. Yeah, but I still think England, India have all the bases covered, whereas yeah. the other sides look deficient in one uh, small area or another. Uh, actually, it was quite interesting looking today at the uh, Afghanistan coach, who of course is Jonathan Trott. And uh, he reminded me a bit of Mickey Arthur today because you know how Mickey Arthur totally wears his heart on his sleeve when he's, yeah. say, coach of Pakistan and you see him, uh, you know, jumping up and down in great joy and then looking absolutely distraught. And that happened a little bit to Trot today. The camera was on him. He's not very good at concealing his emotions. And there were times when uh, England were bowling and Afghanistan were giving wickets away. I mean, there was a stupid run out, for instance, when the Gobraz was batting so well and then his captain ran him out. Brilliant bit of fielding by the substitute, David Willey. And that was just sort of suicide, really. And the, the innings sort of set was certainly was set on a path of decline after that. And every time they lost a wicket, hitting one up in the air to one of the England spinners, I could see Trot, his head closer to getting into his hands and that, that, that sort of feeling of uh, hopelessness written all over his face. And then towards the end of the, of the England innings, you know, he was so totally uplifted and overjoyed. And actually there were people, I've just seen that on the outfield there, Afghanistan supporters crying uh, just now, crying with joy at what they've achieved. I don't think we in England have any conception about what it means to beat England in a World Cup. Afghanistan and the holders as well. It, it will be an extraordinary day all across Afghanistan and all, all the other places where they live. Amazing. Yeah, totally as well. And when you consider, you know, what they've been through in the well, last few years, but also just recently with that horrendous earthquake in the west of the country as well, with, with thousands dead and even more injured. You know, and the, the players are very conscious of that. And you know, Rashid Khan's foundation has appealed for donations, you know, to go to Afghanistan and to try to ameliorate the situation there. So, yeah, I mean, they, they will be following this game so closely in Afghanistan. And there were huge celebrations when they beat Scotland. I mean, they beat Scotland, you know, by one wicket in, in Dunedin, that man, match I mentioned in 2000. 15. So goodness knows what it'd be like in Afghanistan uh, this evening. You know, it, there'll be obviously tremendous sadness after what's happened there. But you know, there's their team will have lifted the the country. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And you know, fantastic victory. I, I said at the start, I thought that this wasn't quite as big an upset as Ireland. Um, beating England in 2011, I, I, I think Afghanistan. Have, you know, they've got some real quality players, haven't they? I think that's the the key, and they were able to as exert you know that quality over England tonight. You know, the likes of Rashid Khan, the likes of of Majib, you know, the likes of Mohammed Nabi, Ramanullah Gurbaz. You know, he's a dangerous opening player. You know, so. You know, there is some quality in this side, in this Afghanistan side, and they've shown flashes of it. I think what they haven't been able to do is just pull it all together. And I think perhaps today, OK, you mentioned some of the flaws of the batting, but today in the field, there were a few misfields, but today in the field, they were able to sort of pull that all together. They had runs to play with, and they had some conditions that were in their favour as well. You know, there was some spin out there. I mean, I don't know. You, you, this It looked like more of the pitch that Afghanistan would want to play England on than the previous two matches that have been played in Delhi. But Afghanistan, you know, for me, made the most of it. 
well, sorry if you can hear some de-rigging behind me, but uh, obviously everything, all the plugs being pulled out uh, in the stadium here uh, as the, the match, of course, is over. Um, so we'll now bore a little bit more deeply into the moments that matter. This is a segment uh, from IG. Um, we're now going to take a look at where Afghanistan really turned the screw on England in today's game. And I think probably it was the wicket of Joe Root, as you've already alluded to. Uh, he was looking pretty good. He played excellently in the first two matches and really mu very much held England's innings together in those two games, uh, rotating the strike well with in partnership with David Milan against Bangladesh in Dharamshala and, and just generally looking as if he had his game, uh, his complete game back on track. And today, done by a, a, an excellent over of bowling, really, by Majib, who just varied his pace cleverly and then found a ball to skid through a bit quicker, a bit faster, and got through Joe Root's defence and underneath his bat, just when he was really looking as if he could rotate the strike as he normally does. I thought that was the critical wicket, and you believe that, that he is the cement that holds his innings together, don't you? Well, I, I think you know for England to win in, in, on this pitch against this attack, I thought Root was absolutely vital for them. That's why I thought when, you know, when he was dismissed, I thought, aye, aye, England have got big problems here. You know, he is a very good player of spin, and you would, you, know, you would back him, wouldn't you, to do well against this Afghanistan bowling attack on a pitch that's just offering a bit. But once Majib got him, I thought, well, big problems for England. 33 for two they were in the seventh over. And you know, after that, Afghanistan just chipped away, didn't they? They just, they just took, you know, gradually just chipped away at England's batting line. And there was never a moment, I didn't think after that, that England looked likely winners. Harry Brook played pretty well, didn't he? I thought, you know, a, a nice innings from him, 66 from 61 balls. But, you know, there was a lot for him to do. He was 8th out at 169 in the 35th over. They really are deconstructing that commentary box behind you, yours, aren't they? Yeah, I think it might fall down shortly. I, I, re I was really impressed with Brooke today, actually. I didn't think he was going to play, and I thought that generally uh, he was accepting that Stokes was going to replace him, and he was completely content with that for potential. Uh, but he came out and actually took the situation very well. You know, when I spoke to him earlier in the, in the year about his approach to cricket, generally... Um, one of the things he said, which was interesting, I thought, was that he likes watching the game and he loves watching club cricket. He loved watching his dad play uh, for, for his club side in, in the Yorkshire League and he felt he could get a lot of useful information uh, and ideas from scenarios, even in club cricket. And I, thought, I felt he read the situation very well today. He saw what the pitch was doing. He managed to work it round uh, and keep the scoreboard ticking over, played the odd big shot, hit the only... Uh, six or the the only six of the early part of the England innings over deep square leg and generally looked composed, looked pretty good. Uh, eventually done by one which just skidded through a bit too low and he was England's last hope gone. But I thought he actually, you know, for a guy who's got so little experience and no World Cup experience, thought he played superbly. Uh, there was no one else to support him, unfortunately, apart from a, a bit of tail wagging at the end by Wood and Topley. Yeah, I agree with you. That that was the problem, was that there was no one to support him. You know, Root out for 11, Butler for 9, and done by sort of one through the gate after Naveen had taken a couple away from him. Livingston just played across a straight ball from uh, Rashid Khan. Sam Curran edged Nabi to slip. Chris Wokes undone by uh, Majib as well. Big dry ones spun through the gate. You know, the, yeah, there was just nothing really to support him. You know, Butler 9, Livingston 10, Curran 10, Wokes 9, 
uh, 11. It's yeah, it was a sorry tale uh, for England. And I mean, this is a this is a really devastating defeat for them in, in cricketing terms, even their World Cup terms. You know, they they have got to find some wins now. They've got you know they're going to have to beat the likes of South Africa and Australia. I mean, they've got India to play as well, and you know they've got Pakistan and and, and the Netherlands. You know they've got they've got a difficult road now if they're to to make the semi-finals. I mean, there's probably what, it feels at this stage as though there's one place up. You know, India are going to take one place, aren't they? New Zealand looking good, South Africa perhaps looking good, and perhaps there's you know there's one other spot available uh, for the for the teams to, to vie for. The likes of Australia have lost a couple of games. You know, Sri Lanka have lost a couple of games and they meet tomorrow in Lucknow. Pakistan undone by India. Okay, they've won a couple. You know, so perhaps there's just one spot to go for, but it's pretty tight for England now. Yes, it is. So this segment was brought to you by IG. And if you want to make more of opportunities to invest yourself, IG gives you access to thousands of global shares and ETFs, as well as a range of educational guides and daily market analysis. Go to ig.com slash investments to find out more. And remember, when investing, your capital is at risk. So briefly, before we listen to what Shane Watson has to say, what do England do now? I mean, one of the problems they have here is their bowling, which is looking quite fragile. Thought uh, Reese Topley bowled pretty well today, actually. But uh, Curran went for over 10 and over, and so did Chris Wokes. And Wokes just looks really short of a gallop he just can't get anything together he tried today to to find slower balls when his quicker balls were dispatched he tried slower balls and they went wide of the wicket and were easily flayed to the boundary as well he just didn't seem to have any semblance of rhythm or control and that's been the case of the first three games in each of the first three matches his early overs his first three overs have really leaked runs so that's a big problem for England yeah, they they have got problems with their bowling. I, I, we we've talked about this before, haven't we? You know, we we think England's batting is is pretty solid, or they didn't really hold up today. They are their bowling attack is it just looks a bit underdone. You know, Jofra Arch was so important to them in the last World Cup. So too was Liam Plunkett. And you know, have they got the ammunition to do uh, well out here? Well, the evidence so far uh, suggests uh, they haven't. So you know, they have to find some sort of. Uh, formula that works. I mean, there are players waiting in the wings, you know, to come in, aren't there? I mean, David Willey is, is one, for example. Gus Atkinson is another. There's another one called Ben Stokes. Yeah. Well, how, how does he fit in the side there? I mean, Barry Brook made runs today, and he's the replacement for Harry Brook, isn't he? You, you'd think they got you know Bear, Bearstow and Milan at the top, then Joe Root, uh, Josh Butler, Livingston obviously offers them uh, something with bat and ball. Uh, you know, does where does Stokes fit in the team? Yeah, that's a good point. Well, he's got to play. Uh, They'll have to fit him in somewhere. Okay, well, thanks for your thoughts, Simon. After the break, we're going to hear from Shane Watson. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So as I said, Shane Watson, the former Australian batsman, has been recently anointed in the cricketing commentary box and I got hold of him. The first question that I asked him was what did he make of England as the match was coming to its conclusion? Look, England just seemed to be a little bit off. A few of their players just being a little bit off, um, which is a, a bit surprising coming into a World Cup. Um, Wokes in particular is someone who was always just so accurate. Very rarely have I seen him sort of just be not as disciplined with his execution like, like, he, like he was today with the ball. And obviously that's been the story of his World Cup so far with the ball. Um, Adil Rashid was excellent, as he, as he always does. He's obviously so critically important for, for England. But it just looked like... Um, just a couple of their bowlers in particular just didn't get exactly get it right. Sam um, Sam Curran didn't get it exactly right. And he went for he went for over tens off his four overs. So just certain things were, were really good. Um, Livingston was excellent, um, and then it seems like that with the bat. Uh, look, Afghanistan bowled incredibly well with the new ball. Faruqi was excellent swinging the ball both ways. Majid was outstanding. Afghanistan did do a brilliant job. So it was England, the seamers in a way today, wasn't it? Because normally you think of them as being a, a spin orientated attack, but actually the seamers did some good job, good, good wickets as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Naveen, Naveen or Huck, <laughs> that ball that got Joss Butler out was incredible. That's, that's one of the only balls that's going to get Joss Butler out like that. Like Joss Butler missed that by quite a bit because it was such a good ball. And the build-up to it as well with the balls mm. mainly sort of going away from him, certainly not coming in like that. It might so. be a bit of Courtney Walsh, actually. He's a little bit, perhaps, over-praised, but mm. it's the same kind of method, wasn't it? I mean, interesting to watch. And Afghanistan, actually, I mean, you'd have played against them a bit. They're quite... They have their day, don't they, sometimes? Yeah. Well, they certainly do, especially when their spinners get into the game. Yes, um, Faruqi bowled incredibly well um, with, the, with that brand-new ball. But once Majib, then Navi came in and bowled beautifully again, as he always does. And off the back of that, Rashid gets involved as well. So once their spinners do get involved, it certainly makes it, uh, makes it very difficult because they are world-class bowlers. Were you surprised that England decided to field first? No, I wasn't surprised because... Well, would you have fielded first? I would, have, yeah, I would have fielded first because the, 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 the due coming in, and it has come in a bit tonight... Um, definitely, most of the time, it makes the wicket better better to bat on. In the evening, once the dew sets in, the ball just slides on even more. Um, but unfortunately, England weren't able to really get into that stage of the game. They really lost too many wickets before they were able to try and capitalise on that on that dew. Oh, that's a drop shot. <laughs> um, so I can I can see why they wanted to why they wanted to bowl first, and also were confident with their bowling that they could actually make some early inroads into the Afghanistani batting lineup. But Gerbaz was incredible. And obviously the English bowlers were a little bit off, more so Wokes with that brand new ball and Gerbaz was able to capitalise on it. So tonight we're going to look at the uh, table, the World Cup table, mm. and you've got two of the great sides of cricket, England and Australia, down the bottom. Mm. What about Australia? How did you assess their first two games? 
Yeah, look, as a, I suppose, a disclaimer to start with, the first two games Australia have got the, the more challenging conditions to be able to bat in. The first game, um, the first game was in Chennai, which was, that, they were extreme conditions against India. That, that ball turned a lot. And for any, even the Indian batters would have found that challenging if they had world-class spinners that they were playing against. Um, but still, Australia just, they knew that was going to happen. They were the conditions that, that were gonna, they were going to have to face and they weren't able to try and find a way to be able to getting a total. And then, I suppose, in the end, that first game, one, one blemish in the field with Mitch Marsh, the communication going wrong between Mitch Marsh and Alex Kerry putting Virat Kohli down. If, if Mitch caught that, it could have been a very different story. Um, but, so for me, the Australian quicks, more so Hazelwood and Stark, especially with the brand new ball, have been excellent. Both games, they were very good. But then, it just seems like we're losing our way. The Australia's losing their way. They're just not... They can't in keep the, up the pressure, in can the, they? Oh, in, the field, in the field, they're just not maintaining that pressure. You, you're not seeing the Aussies desperate in the field to cut down balls and, and have an impact on the game. And, and that always flows on to drop catches. Like especially a lot red, of, like, yeah, yeah. And, espe- and especially, yeah, tough catches, they, they can go down. But it's more so the more regulation ones, which Australia definitely would not put those down. And in the past, Australian teams would be creating chances, whether that's catches or actually runouts as well. Are they just knackered? I mean, some of the kind yeah. of, but the build up to this has been, in my view, you don't have to say that, but, uh, you know, absurd. You know, some of the, India have been flying all over the place. Australia played three games here before the tournament started. It seems like they've almost half the teams are exhausted before they've even started the tournament. And Australia being one. Look, Australia have played a lot of cricket, there's no question. But so India play more cricket than anyone. True, yeah. And how they manage their players, obviously they're doing it very, very well because England, uh, India, are, they look super hungry. They've got an incredibly well balanced side and all their players just about are at their absolute best. So, and I suppose IPL will help that, won't it? Because IPL is very tiring. You've done a lot of IPL yourself. It's a very tiring schedule. But if you're Indian, you're kind of used to that in a way more, maybe better at dealing with it. Absolutely. India, just they have to get used to sort of playing all the time and um, travelling all around like they do during the IPL as well. So, yeah, there's in the end, it's a World Cup. So there's there's been a, it's been a long time coming, four years coming. So they had plenty of time to be able to plan for the games that they had coming up to be as fresh as they possibly could be so there's no excuses that oh we're just a bit tired because we've had a big big last 12 months well yep so of a lot of the other teams as well and India being one of those and they are the the favourites and are playing incredibly good cricket are you enjoying commentary it sounds as if you are and you come over as someone who you know you move your hands around you smile quite a bit sounds like you're quite enjoying it oh I love it I I feel it's an absolute privilege to have this opportunity to be able to try and get my love of the game and excitement of the game and understanding of the game um, out to the you know the people watching at home so it's, a, it's an absolute privilege and I feel yeah very fortunate and every moment that I'm in the commentary box it's a joyous moment to be able to be sharing the game not just with people at home but also my co-commentators because people I'm working with are like legends of what they do so I feel very lucky. Okay, well, thanks to Shane Watson. He has actually been a great pleasure to work with. He's got so much enthusiasm. Always happens, actually, when you get new commentators into the box, and he gives fresh insights as well, so it's good to see. So that's it for today. Uh, I'm off to Chennai now for New Zealand to face the Afghanistan music. 
And if you want to catch up with my regular travel videos, you can go to my Instagram feed, Cricket Analyst One, or my Twitter feed, at The Analyst. And also, don't forget our sister podcast, Storylines, which has a new episode out at the moment as well, fronted by Melissa Story and Nikki Chowdhury. So check it out, and we'll be back in midweek. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network.